I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this is episode number 391. And today in the show, we're here for Rut Fresh Radio, in which we're getting updates from hunters all across the country on the latest deer activity, current conditions, and the tactics that can work for you right now now all right welcome to the wired to hunt podcast i'm well i already said that i'm your host mark kenyon you already heard that in the intro what i'm trying to say here is the wired Hunt podcast is brought to you by onyx and uh i'm off my game today but it's for good reason it's been a busy few days uh because i've had some hunting success and with me is spencer newharth who has had some hunting success and we're here for rut fresh radio in which we're gonna get to some reports very soon from hunters all across the country getting us updates on what is happening in the whitetail woods spencer what's happening in your whitetail woods though kick us off with some good news could you yeah um well i think two weeks ago mark you and i tagged a buck for the first time ever maybe in like the same couple day span and then we did it again this week you killed tran in michigan and i just killed a buck in montana um the the synced up that yeah yeah it's a synced up rut um (laughs) the movement the movement was good um it was kind of it was the kind of situation and the kind of movement that you would sort of only encounter at the end of november and what I mean by that is these deer weren't in like an amazing place as far as what this property was. It had pretty poor cover, but it had some food. Um, and the weather has been really mild here. So deer weren't like super congregated, but there were these number of different doe groups out in this field. And as studies have shown in the past that this is a time of year, the end of November when mature bucks will take the most risks uh mississippi state university specifically showed um on some radio collar deer that two and a half year old and three and a half year old bucks take the most risk during peak rut but four and a half and older bucks take the most take the most risk during post rut um so what i had kind of witnessed was that sort of thing there were this doe groups feeding out into this field and although I could glass these basket racks that were, you know, largely uninterested, 
and sort of bedded in a fence line, there was a mature buck out in this field that were hounding them, and they were he was going from doe group to doe group until he wound up in the doe group that was in my lap. And that was sort of like, you know, this is the only time of year that you would sort of see that thing happen with a mature buck out there chasing and looking, um, and then the other bucks just sort of sitting on the sideline. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting observation, and you're absolutely right. Those studies certainly... Uh, back up what I've seen anecdotally that you know later in November and even the very beginning of December it could be a little bit slower I mean generally it is slower than it would be on November 7th or something but when you do see a buck that's still on a doe or is out cruising it almost always seems to be one of those older deer I can point to year after year having that kind of thing happen and even places where there's not tons of mature bucks um and and something pretty similar to that is what happened to me a couple days ago um which which i won't cover today but next week's podcast i will have the full story of of my hunt um but yeah i feel like my big reminder to myself over the last week and if i was still hunting what i'd be telling myself for next week is just that the game's not over the the buzzer has not sounded. There's still good stuff going. There's still running activity happening. Um, you know, there's like you just described. There's these mature bucks that they know that there's still a few does that are going to be in heat. They've been around the block. They've seen it. They've experienced it, and they are determined to uh, you know spread their genes as as much as they possibly can. So they're going to keep at it. So you have that going for you. And then fast forward about a week and we get into December and then you're going to have the situation where in at least healthy balanced deer populations, you're going to have those doe fawns that will come into estrus about a month after most of the adults did. So you're going to get these fawns that will be, not always, but you're going to have a handful of these deer popping into heat, you know, that first week of December, sometimes the second week of December. And if you have that, you can get this big flurry of of almost November type running activity around that day or two when that happens. Um, so I would definitely still be out there. I would definitely still be looking for that kind of activity for me at this time of year. I'm thinking thick, nasty cover. I'm thinking any kind of sanctuary where, you know, these deer that have been pressured for the last month by a lot of hunters, whether that be just rut bow hunters or gun hunters, that's where a lot of this activity is going to kind of flock to because they're trying to get away from people. Uh, but then secondly, the best food source, almost the entire deer herd is starting to think more and more about food. Now after the rut, everything, everybody needs to kind of refuel. So finding like what that hot food source is right now, if you can get those two things together, some type of relatively unpressured spot mixed with like the premier food source for the moment, that is a recipe for success. Um, and you know, I rode that to success recently. I've ridden that to success a couple of years ago um, with a, a fawn popping into heat, and I killed that big Frank buck um, on a food source doing that exact thing. So uh, don't give up, folks. It's There's still some good things ahead. Yeah, and, and you mentioned finding a sanctuary in there, Mark. I think that is probably the number one thing to look for right now. Um, all season on Rut Fresh Radio, we talk about weather and moon um, and crop status and different food sources. But right now, I would say the greatest outside factor determining buck movement and deer movement in general 
is just what the hunting pressure has been like. Now, maybe more than ever, there are more gun seasons open across the country. Um, state agencies sort of intentionally have their gun seasons happen over you know the week of Thanksgiving because it gives more people a chance to be in the woods. And so uh, we're now in that, and that means that there's going to be as many hunters you know in the woods you know, last week, this week, next week, as there are throughout the entire season. So finding a place that other people aren't, whether it's just an overlooked slough that people wouldn't think would hold deer, or it's just hunting on a Wednesday instead of a Saturday, avoiding hunting pressure is probably the best thing you can try to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. It's not terribly complicated. It's just looking at the simple facts of, of what deer need and want. They want nutrition right now, and they want to get away from people. Find it, and uh, off you go. So, I, you know, we're also kind of getting back into soon here, and I guess I'm interested to hear what the guests have to say today. But you mentioned a few weeks ago how, you know, in early November, mid November, it's kind of like it's going to be gung ho just about everywhere. These reports we're getting aren't necessarily going to tell you about something surprising. We are re-entering a phase of the year where we might hear something from someone that is surprising that we could take advantage of, or we might have one of those fronts coming next week in December that could have really supercharged things again. So I bring that up simply to say that I am even more excited than I have been over the past couple of weeks to hear from the folks today because I'm curious about what people are thinking about these next seven days as as we are in that transition. I think we're in a transition phase from that peak rut type of hunting that we've had the last three, four weeks into this new part of the year. So uh, who do we have coming up, Spencer? We have Adam Keith from Landon Legacy in Missouri, then Ryan Nitz from Florida Outdoor Experience in Florida, and then in New Jersey, it's Greg Litzinger from Bowhunting Fiend, and then Dylan Lenz from Breaking Point TV in Wisconsin. Nice. Uh, is there anything else you want to cover from a deer perspective before we... Uh, I've got a couple little updates for people I want to share, but anything deer-related before we get into that? W- one final thing. Um, I, I didn't give a lot of details on how I killed my buck this last weekend in mm. Montana, but there's a whole story behind it um, that has to do with whether or not you believe in karma and uh, an owl that was crucified in a barbed wire fence and the Montana Raptor Conservation Center and, and all that stuff. And I actually talked about it on the Meat Eater podcast that will drop next week. Um, so if you listen to that, you'll hear sort of the uh, the more entertaining side of that hunt rather than the informative side of that hunt. And so that's my plug for the next Meat Eater podcast that I'm on, which I think is November 30th. Sounds interesting. Uh, we're going to keep the plugs going because we are coming into the holiday weekend, which means two things. It means shopping opportunities for a lot of people and then secondly it means maybe a little free time to kick back and enjoy some deer hunting content uh so bear with me for some plugs number one our third episode of the back 40 this year came out a few days ago that one's got our buddy tony peterson out there with me as we're prepping the farm for hunting season putting up stands checking trail cameras getting a tower blind set up for my dad really sets up everything that I know you guys have heard in the podcast happened. Um, so check that one out. And then this coming Sunday, which is the 29th, I think, the episode with my dad's hunt is dropping. That one's awesome. It's It was a really special uh, experience to share with him, and I'm really excited to be able to share it with you guys. So check out the Back 40. Good stuff coming there. Um, in other news, we have 
a couple different interesting sales running over at the Meteor within the Meteor world. I guess you could say we got a Black Friday sale going on from Friday through Monday over at the Meteor website. Twenty percent off almost everything on the website. So go over to themeteor.com for that. There's also a Black Friday sale going on for First Light. I think they're calling it the gravy boat sale. So if you want some new hunting gear, if you've been seeing the stuff that Spencer and I have been wearing and you want to get, I don't know, maybe like the Chamberlain puffy jacket or the sanctuary bibs for late season deer hunting, uh, this is a great time to do it. Again, it's close to site wide, 20% off a bunch of stuff. So that's all over at firstlight.com. Uh, what else? I think the only other big thing is that over, you know, the whole meteor team contributed in one way or another to the newest book by Steve Rinella, the will the the meat eater guide to wilderness skills and survival. Is that right, Spencer? That's correct. So that's coming out any day now too. I think December first. I think somewhere around there. So a lot of interesting things coming up. You can see it all over at themeateater.com, as well as a bunch of articles by Spencer and I too. So those are my uh, spiels that I'm going to send folks to check out. Spencer, anything else people should be looking for? No, uh, like I hope our listeners do, I'm taking advantage of our sales and pretty much every Christmas gift for uh, people in my life that I buy Christmas gifts for, getting something from First Light or Meat Eater. So there is a whole diverse group of stuff uh, on our website and First Light. So I hope you go find something there as well. Yeah, not to mention my book, That Wild Country. It's for sale on the Meat Eater website too, Spencer. That's what you should buy all your buddies. (laughs) I'll buy buy you a copy copy of my book. I'll buy you a copy. I don't want to copy. I've got too damn many of those things sitting on my shelf already. And then I'll sign it. <laughs> okay. Now that would be interesting. <laughs> All right. I think okay. let's get to our interviews this week, Mark. Sounds good. Thanks, Spencer. Our interviews this week are presented by Trophy Ridge. Head over to TrophyRidge.com to check out their all-new for 2021 lineup of top-of-the-line releases. From T-handles to wrist releases, they have a premium option for everyone. That's TrophyRidge.com. All right, and joining us on the line first is Adam Keith from Landon Legacy in Missouri. Now, Adam, in Missouri, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I would say probably around a 6 or a 7. You know, I, if you asked me a week ago, I'd have said a lot closer to 10, but uh, we've kind of just gone through Missouri firearm season, so a 10-day rifle season where it's the most hunting pressure that uh, the deer will experience through the course of the fall. Um, but we are still kind of on the tail end of peak breeding, the peak rut. So there's still pretty good movement depending on where you're at. But if you're on a property that's been overhunted or, or has experienced a lot of hunting, um, the, the, the buck movement is probably a little bit slower um, just, be, just because of the hunting pressure, not because of um, the rut being over. The rut is kind of tailing off now. We're kind of going into post-rut, but you could still get some pretty good hunts depending on what the buck to doe ratio is and, and just overall what the type of the habitat that you're dealing with uh, on your hunting property. Do you notice a shift in bedding at all following Missouri's 10-day gun season? Absolutely. Um, you know, before gun season hits, you're going to have some, uh, the bedding could be a little bit hit or miss, but um as to now, after gun season, if you're looking for the best bedding, it's like find the thickest stuff you can find in the area, and that's where you're going to find a majority of the deer. What food sources are most relevant right now for deer hunters in Missouri? Right now, as we 
like I said, shift out of gun season, it's that green. Um, so if you've got winter wheat fields or brassica fields, it seems like that's the most attractive food source. We haven't endured um, extremely cold temperatures to put them really on standing soybeans or standing grain. At least here in southern Missouri, guys in the northern part of the state might be experiencing that. But for us here in the in the southern southern uh, part of the state, it's it's green it's green fields, green food sources. What are you seeing for sign making right now? It's kind of tapered off. Um, the scrapes and rubs aren't as um, aren't as popular. You're not seeing as much of that sign making going on. But I anticipate that some of that will pick back up as we get. You know, there's less hunters in the woods, and deer can kind of go back to their own thing. You typically see some scrapes start to clear back up as a majority of the does are being bred, and bucks are now searching for those those last few does to breed in the latter part of November. Historically, in late November and early December, do you see stronger buck movement in the morning or the evening in Missouri? I that would be uh, year to year. I would say weather dependent. Right now, this year, with it being a little bit more mild, I would say in the morning is the better time for buck movement. Uh, evenings, if if it's a cooler evening, sure. Um, but right now, if I was banking on it and I only had to, I could only hunt morning or evening, I would be going in the morning. I know you run a lot of trail cameras. Where do you want those game cams set up as we exit the rut? For me, as I go into the rut and then out of the rut and until late season when I start getting really, really cold temperatures, I have my best cameras set up on food sources close to bedding, um, or it could be scrapes close to bedding. I want my trail cameras focused as closely as possible to known bedding areas because I know that's where the deer are going to be. Food sources could change, but thick cover, thick bedding doesn't change. And that's where a majority of the deer will be. So if I've got those trail cameras set up next to those areas, I can monitor which bucks are in what bedding area. Typically, as we get into December, do you expect to see any new bucks show up or leave? Or is that kind of over with for the year? It depends on, in my opinion, it depends on the food source. If you have a really attractive food source that can't be found on adjacent farms, then you will have new bucks show up and hopefully stay depending on how long you can hold that deer herd on your food source. So for me, I have a big bottom field of soybeans. There's nothing else in my area like it. And I'm totally anticipating new bucks and have already experienced some smaller bucks, no hit listers yet, but they're going to move in hopefully uh, sometime in December. And, and, and it'll be right for the picking come muzzleloader season in late December. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Missouri? 1 to 10 in Missouri, if we get the weather front that it looks like um, that we could get, I would think it would move up. I'm anticipating it moving up to an 8 or a 9. Um, hopefully we get this cooler weather, and if it gets if that happens, then I'm, I would think that next week is going to be better than even last week. Even though we're with each day we're moving further and further away from peak rut, if we get the right weather, it should be awesome. All right, Adam, I like your optimism. Good luck with the rest of your season, and thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Anytime. All right, and joining us on the line next is Ryan Nitz from Florida Outdoor Experience in Florida. Now, Ryan, in Florida, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? 
right now I'd say it's about a two, three at best. Um, mostly um, our rut down here, it's done. It starts early in August and September. And, um, you know, it, it was it was pretty spot on this year. And uh, lately we just had a lot of rain and wind and it's pretty much shut things completely down as of right now. How about for the rest of the state? I know you have some different biological clocks in Florida. What phase of the rut is the rest of Florida in? Absolutely. Florida is a huge state, so I'm in the most southern region. Like I said, we're pretty much done. Um, now, when you get to the central, northern central region, um, I, there, there is some action going down right now. I had a buddy kill a buck uh, chasing a doe about three days ago. Um, and then you got the panhandle. That's the very farthern, you know, northwestern hand, uh, part of the region. And I would say um, in about two to three weeks, you're going to start seeing it really pop off there. Do you see a lot of sign making in Florida? Yeah, so down here, um, this year has been abnormally wet. Um, This is the wettest I've seen it in probably five or six years. Typically in November down here, um, it is bone dry. And we've had a couple tropical storms, and it's just flooded our our whole region. So, you know, seeing scrapes, that really doesn't happen too much. Um, and like I said, you know, just the wind and whatnot, they, they just haven't been too active. With that being said, we have our first cold front coming in of the year this Wednesday. And I do think, um, I think the deer will, I think the bucks will be a little bit more active. They'll be making the scrapes. Um, I don't think you're going to see the actual chasing rutting action. I just think the bucks are going to be fired up and they will be looking for that last doe or maybe that doe coming into that second heat. Um, now in the Northern region, you will see the scrapes. You, you won't see any rubs right now, but you will start to see the scrapes up in the Northern part of the Florida. It's a lot drier up there, a lot more sand, and you will see a lot of scrapes. You mentioned there's a cold front coming in. How do you hunt differently when you have a cold front coming up? Well, a cold front for us is not like a cold front for most of the nation. Um, right now it's 81 degrees. So, you know, that's kind of been our temp for the last three or four weeks. And that's why the, the rut's pretty much shut down. Um, when I say cold front, it's going to be probably in the mid fifties and that just makes, you know, for Floridians, it is like paradise for us. Um, so all day sits are a must. I mean, it's, you know, we've been waiting for this uh, the whole year. So, um, lots of all day sits, the water, the water level is going to start going down quickly. Once it, you know, stops raining, the water does go down quick and you will see deer, uh, targeting some of the areas where I would say it's ankle deep. Ankle deep seems to be the key for, for the deer around here. Anything higher than that, they don't really like anything lower than that, whatever. But deer do like the water down here. So about ankle deep is what, what I tend to look for. And um, with that being said, like there's a lot of greenery um, in that ankle deep water where when it, when it tends to dry up around here, everything kind of goes brown. So you'll see a lot of deer working flag ponds where there's just, you know, six, six inches of water. And there's still a lot of, you know, whatever it's algae, uh, whatever it is they're in there eating. During the rut, will you do any calling or decoying like hunters in the Midwest? I typically don't just because, you know, a lot of the woods down here are very thick and I don't think the deer are as, as fired up to come into as a, a, you know, some rattling as they are in the Midwest, the Midwest, they can see, and um, they're a little bit more aggressive, I think, out there. Um, what I do always have is a grunt call. Um, you know, the worst it can do, you know, if you get a buck in range and, he, and he's kind of just skirting you and, and he's not going to come any closer and he's, I should say, he's not in range, it never hurts to throw a couple, you know, grunts at him. Um, 
I typically don't, I don't do that. I've seen a lot more deer shy away from that than actually come to it. But as a last resort, I, I'll throw a gun at them. If you're trying to identify good bedding in season in Florida, what does that look like? Good bedding here is wherever it's dry, uh, islands. A lot of times, you know, like the whole, you know, there'll be 30, you know, hundreds of acres of just nothing but water. And you'll get into uh, a one or two acre island, whether it's, you know, nothing but palmettos or whatever it is. And a lot of times those bucks will be bedded on those little pieces of land that's completely dry. So that's something to look forward look forward to. Um, but palmetto is, is, a, is a big thing. I see a lot of bucks bedded in the palmettos mostly. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Florida? I would say 7 to 8 just with that cold weather. Um, that, that first cold wind is going to hit these bucks in the face and they're going to go wild. They, they typically do just like we do. It's, and, uh, you know, it could be our only cold front. And I feel like the deer know that whenever it gets cold, they, they do what they got to do. They like to, to show themselves in the daytime. I already have a few um, big bucks showing up this week. So I feel like they probably already feel it coming. Um, so I think it's going to be probably an eight. All right, Ryan, great intel. Good luck with the rest of your season, and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Spencer. Have a good one. All right, and joining us on the line next is Greg Litzinger from Bowhunting Fiend in New Jersey. Now, Greg, in New Jersey, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? 4, 4, 4, 5 in that range. No, I just, uh, I think they're just starting to break off the does, and uh, they're, they're starting to move a little bit more. Uh, and then the weather hasn't been exactly phenomenal here in Jersey. When you're doing some in-season scouting during post-rut, what sorts of things are you looking for right now? Food. Hidden food sources away from people, as Jersey is a very populated state, um, and baiting's legal. So if you're not hunting over bait, then you'd find those hidden food sources, browse that uh, most people are overlooking. What are you seeing for sign you're making right now? Some rubs are popping back up, some new rubs. Um, scrapes are slowly getting looked at again, but definitely uh, some new rubs popping up. Where do you run most of your trail cameras in late November? Transition out of uh, doe bedding areas and near feeding areas. Transition in between the two. I try to uh, put my cameras in, you know, like pinches and bottlenecks near uh, doe bedding areas because, you know, during the rut, the bucks will you know, don't really have a set pattern, but the does will be a little more consistent. So I try to really focus in on the does and where the does are feeding and set them up, you know, in a place that's going to funnel deer activity. When you're trying to avoid people right now in New Jersey, what sorts of places are you getting into or looking for to get away from pressure? Water, big sticker, briar patches, <laughs> where Places where dogs don't even want to go, you know, uh, remote places, just those overlooked spots, sometimes even close to the road. Something that just makes some somebody walking through it just feel like, I don't want to walk to this. Uh, new access or the big, uh, you know, something that requires more than knee boots, water depth. You know, I, I wear waders a lot. So, you know, uh, waist waders are a minimum uh for some of these spots. If you can cross with a knee boots and anybody's going to cross it. But if you go up to your thigh, then most people are like, nah, I'm good. I'll just go around it. Are you as mobile right now as you are during peak rut? Or are you hunting some of the more consistent places this time of year? Um, more, it's, it's about the same. 
Um, actually, a little bit more mobile because I'm trying to find those uh, where there's those beds. That, you know, they're those old does are, are smart and they're, they're crafty. So if you're really hunting the same tree, then they're going you're just going to get pegged eventually. Going forward, then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to ten in New Jersey? I ramp it a, a seven, and seven being muzzleloader or gun season is getting ready to ramp up. So there's a lot more people in the woods, and the buck's going to be moving, looking for does. So there's just going to be a lot more movement, deer plus people. So deer and the you know will just be trying to avoid the people, so they'll be on their feet a little bit more. All right, Greg, good luck with what's left of your season. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you. All right, and joining us on the line next is Dylan Lenz from the Breaking Point TV in Wisconsin. Now, Dylan, in Wisconsin, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? I would say right now, and we're looking at about a 4 to 5 out of 10. So I would say the reason uh, for it being a bit lower than uh, optimal would be two reasons, the end of the rut and also the start of gun season in Wisconsin. So. I would say you're looking at a lot of deer that have just run hard for the past two, three weeks, running silly, chasing does. And um, they're kind of, I would say, getting towards the end of that period. And then also coupling that with an influx of pressure in the woods as the Blaze Orange Army takes over in Wisconsin over this past weekend. So you got a lot of deer that uh, are already tired and now running into a lot of pressure. So I'd say that's uh, slowing them down quite a bit. How do you see deer normally respond to that gun hunting pressure? I would say in a lot of areas, depending on the kind of pressure you're looking at, a lot of those deer are hunkering down, uh, making very small daylight movements, and then picking up uh, in, in the, you know, after dark is going to be when your trail cameras are getting the pictures of them uh, for the most part right now this time of year. What usually happens for sign making in Wisconsin at the end of November? I would say you're looking at right now, uh, your scrapes are probably pretty covered in leaves. They haven't been hit as much as they were in early November, but I would see say towards the end of the month here, you're going to see that pick up again as the pressure eases off and those bucks start to cruise again, hoping to find their last couple does. Uh, you know, if there's any does that didn't get bred in the first rut, looking towards the secondary rut here. What are the best food sources to focus on in Wisconsin right now? Um, I would say anything that's unpressured. So if you have fields that haven't had guys posted up on them uh, during the hunts or close to roads where there's been an influx of traffic, I would say you're looking looking for those kind of food sources. Obviously, right now, corn is a great food source if it's just been cut. A lot of those are getting hit all night long. So getting close to those in the evenings, I would say, would be a pretty good bet for some afternoon movement. I know you do some deer drives during gun season. What does one of those look like? How do you find an area that you're going to walk and how do you execute it? Yeah, first off, I would say, you know, right now looking at all these bucks that are, you know, hunkered down, um, you're looking at a lot of pressure in the woods. So those bucks don't want to move. So getting them up, uh, if that's an option by you and you have a crew of guys willing to go out and try and fill the freezer, that's a pretty good method, a really fun method to try out this time of year. Um, Basically what you're looking for are, thick, nasty bedding areas, trying to push through those and get some deer moving and uh, having some guys on the other side or, you know, adjacent to them, waiting for those deer to get up and hopefully give you a shot opportunity. But I would say the main thing to worry about, obviously, is safety when you're doing that, putting guys uh, out in thick cover, um, pushing deer through, and then hoping to shoot rifles through is a pretty dangerous game. So definitely plan ahead. 
know where your shots are going to be, know where the other hunters are going to be and plan accordingly and be very safe when you do it. What is the least amount or the most amount of hunters that you will use during a deer drive? Honestly, I think you can do it with two people. I think that's a really good way to do it. If you know you have a really good funnel adjacent to some bedding area, having somebody sneak through there, not necessarily running through, making a bunch of noise, yelling and banging pots and pans. I really like just kind of sneaking through, getting a deer up so it's not just busting out of there. Maybe it just hears a little something coming and wants to get out of there. And then that way it's not running dead sprints uh, for the, the driver on the end. Um, I really like two-person drives, but, I mean, you can do it all the way up to 20 people I've seen, um, which is a lot of fun, a lot more hectic, and um, obviously a lot more safety concerns when you get that number of people uh, on a deer drive. So when you're bumping deer from their beds, are you doing it with your noise or are you doing it with the wind? I typically, I, I would say it's, it's coupling of both. If you can do it where you're pushing through and using the wind to your favor to blow your wind into an area, um, I'd say that definitely helps. But I think the main thing is your sound. They're going to hear you coming no matter what. Um, that's going to be the thing that keys them off, in my opinion, um, when you're doing a, a, a rifle deer drive. Going forward then in the next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Wisconsin? I would say it's going to pick up after rifle season. I'm going to say it's going to be probably a 6, 7, maybe even an 8 if we get some cool weather to get those deer moving a little harder. All right, Dylan, good luck with the rest of your season. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And that concludes this week's episode of Rut Fresh Radio. Thanks to Adam, Ryan, Greg, and Dylan for joining me, and thank you guys for listening. Mark and I plugged a lot of stuff at the beginning of this podcast. I hope you go and check all of it out. If you want to stay up to date on everything that's happening at Meat Eater, please go subscribe to our two newsletters. We have Whitetail Weekly that comes out every single Monday, and then our regular newsletter that comes out every Wednesday, where you're going to stay up to date on all of our newest content, shows, articles, sales, and more. If you want to see the buck that I just killed in Montana, go check out my Instagram at Spencer Newharth. If you want to see Tran, which Mark just killed in Michigan, follow him at Wired Hunt on Facebook and Instagram. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I hope you get to spend some time in the woods and with family. And until next week, stay wired to hunt. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.